Welcome to the second hour of your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune. A new Wall Street Journal NBC News poll has uh, 49% believe that the president should be impeached and removed from office. 49% say yes, 46% say no. That's a reversal from a month ago when the survey basically saw the numbers flip. It was 49% no, now it's 49% yes. It's 43% yes a month ago. That's now 49% yes. So interesting findings there. Of course, we got the House moving ahead with their impeachment inquiry being formalized with a partisan, largely partisan floor vote. We also had the president in town uh, last Monday, uh, and he wasted little time going after and boycotting Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson before an international gathering of police chiefs at McCormick Place. But there is one person... That's not here today. We're in Chicago. I said, where is he? I want to talk to him. In fact, more than anyone else, this person should be here because maybe he could learn something. And that's the superintendent of Chicago police, Eddie Johnson. A few days ago, Johnson said, quote, the values of the people of Chicago are more important than anything President Trump would have to say. I don't think so, because that's a very insulting statement after all I've done for the police. And I've done more than any other president's ever done for the police. Now, I'm not sure how many police chiefs who were there know who Eddie Johnson was, particularly those from other countries. But Trump was Trump. When he feels insulted, he throws it back. And this time he really threw it back. He even continued it on Twitter on Friday. But here's more about what he said about the city's police superintendent on Monday. Here's a man that could not bother to show up for a meeting of police chiefs, most respected people in the country, in his hometown, and with the President of the United States. And you know why? It's because he's not doing his job. Joining me now on the phone is Pat Brady of Next Generation Strategies, former federal prosecutor and state GOP chairman. Pat, thank you so much for joining me this morning. Hey, thanks for having me, Rick. How you doing? I'm good. Um, you know, obviously Trump is going to be Trump. Um, and when he feels insulted, he his, his number one rule is bullying. Um, but... Uh, or, or try to embarrass somebody, as I think this was truly what the case was uh, in his appearance before the chiefs of police and, and going after Eddie Johnson. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, that he would choose to do that, um, particularly since actually Eddie Johnson, if you look at the most recent statistics on crime, shootings and murders are down. He's, he's doing, I think, a very difficult job well, but it's not just an insult to Eddie Johnson, it's an insult the Chicago, uh, entire Chicago Police Department, the mayor, and everybody that lives here. But, but as you know, everything with Trump's about national politics and and uh, focused on the state by state analysis. He has to do to win. So I'm not sure if it was necessarily directed here, but it, it, to to a broader audience. But it was there were a series of ridiculous statements. He probably polls about 15 percent in the city of Chicago. So I don't think anybody particularly cares what the president has to say in the city of Chicago. But it was really, I, I, honestly. Rick, to turn that clip again, it was kind of 
truly disgusting remarks about the police superintendent, Eddie Johnson, who I actually think is doing a, a pretty good job. But well, you know, I, with Trump, it is what it is. I, and I was kind of surprised at the reaction that he got from other police, other, other members, that Trump got from other members of law enforcement. I, I was, too, and I was actually surprised that they came out. They, I think they gave him a, an award, too, and did some other things to show their support for him. It kind of violates that premise that the police officers um, take care of one another. But it, as you pointed out in the intro, Rick, I'm not sure if anybody in that room even knew who Eddie Johnson was uh, or, or, or what is actually going on in the city of Chicago. But the president doesn't care about any of this. He cares about like you said, he felt personally insulted, and it's good for him politically. He thinks to do that, and he did it. And, you know, it is what it is. If you like Trump, you liked it. If you don't like Trump, you hated it. Um, but the collateral damages to the city of Chicago and the police superintendent, which is very unfair. Well, and obviously Trump's always looking at the broader stage. And I, I mentioned uh, before uh, bringing you on about the new uh, NBC News Wall Street Journal poll. And here's just here's an encapsulation. Exactly one year out from the 2020 general election, a majority of all Americans or close to it support impeaching President Donald Trump and removing him from office, disapprove of his job performance and back his top Democratic rivals in head to head matchups. Yeah, it's the numbers that came out today and been kind of trending that way the last couple of weeks since this information started coming out about the details of the uh, phone call with the Ukrainian president, the numbers are ticking up in favor of not just impeachment, but removal from office. And the numbers compared to even the same point in the proceedings uh, with the Bill Clinton impeachment, uh, the president, I think, should be worried about this because it's, it's going on the wrong direction for him. Uh, but it's, it's, his line now is, I saw it over the weekend with the speeches, he was giving in, in states that are friendly to him that this is an affront to you personally if you indict me. That's kind of his campaign pitch. So we'll see if it works, but there, this impeachment seems to be moving forward, and it, public sentiment seems to be um, growing in support for it. So I think he's getting into kind of a danger zone here. Now, one thing in this poll was that uh, 9 in 10 Republicans who were polled oppose his removal from office. That would seem to be kind of, as long as Republicans stick together as a base, as well as Republicans in the United States Senate, uh, that would preclude Trump's removal from office. Yeah, and as everybody knows, you need two-thirds, 67 votes in the Senate to do that, and the Republicans um, have the majority in the Senate, so a whole bunch of Republicans are going to have to vote to remove him from office. But I think really the question is, and does this conduct merit removal? And if you don't vote to remove him, if this conduct's proven to be true, what's the standard going forward? Is this, is this conduct okay for the President of the United States to engage in? Is it okay for him to ask a foreign government? to, to inter, uh, do research on a political opponent. And that, that's the question that's going to be before the Senate, and that's the question they're going to have to answer, and I think it's going to be a tough one. Well, and I think you've seen videos, as have I, of various Republican members of Congress who've been asked that question, and they won't answer it. Yeah, there was some spin in the last 48 hours, too. I don't know if you noticed it, that they now are putting an additional element of not only did he do it, but it's pretty but, clear but, that he did. But so what? But, but so what? But they're, they're also saying, some are saying, so what? Some are saying, well, 
the additional layer of proof is now we must prove a corrupt intent. They're basically putting a criminal law standard into the impeachment proceedings, kind of like they did with Mueller on the obstruction. And um, so they're adding a, a, an additional kind of element to it. I know that's kind of in the weeds, but that's what I heard out of a couple people over the weekend. So just another safe harbor for them to, to not vote for impeachment. But really the conduct that came out of these hearings was pretty damaging to the president. We're speaking to Pat Brady of Next Generation Strategies. I'm Rick Pearson. This is the Sunday Spin. This is the Sunday Spin on 720 WGN. Once again, here's Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune. Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson. It's 819 Central Standard Time on this Time Change Sunday. On the phone with me is Pat Brady, former federal prosecutor and state former state GOP chairman uh, of now of Next Generation Strategies. Pat, do you think that now with the House having taken this highly partisan vote to formalize the rules for impeachment, uh, that that's beneficial to their efforts to try to uh, get support in public opinion? Yeah, I do, because I, I think a lot of people, even though this was the same procedure they used that the Republicans used in the Benghazi hearing and some other hearings that we've seen over the years. I think the fact that now it's going to be in public and it takes away the transparency argument, I think people will be a lot more comfortable in the hearings going forward. A lot of the blowback we heard in the last couple of weeks was, well, they're doing this all in secret. Even though I understand that these arguments weren't really factually accurate, I think just politically it's much better to have a formal vote and do these more publicly so that people can see what's going on. And then it undercuts that theory of a violation of due process or the, or the point that the president's trying to make. Well, that does it really undercut the due process issue? Because that still seems to be one of the complaints. And, you know, part of this, too, is we are dealing with impeachment. We are not dealing with a criminal uh, process here. Sorry, you broke up a little bit. Yeah, we're we're we're, de- a, we're dealing with a political process of impeachment. It is not a formal legal criminal process. And, and absolutely, and even if it were a formal legal criminal process, the grand jury is secret too, and you can't have your lawyer in there, and you can't you don't get to choose which witnesses to call. It's an investigative process, and it's done in secret, not just to go find who's guilty, but to protect the innocent. But the point is just politically. Uh, the fundamental fairness argument, I think, is somewhat effective if it's all done behind closed doors. And that's why I think this vote, for the Democrats anyway, will be helpful because it'll be more transparent. But fully understanding that argument didn't make any sense that the president was putting out. But I think politically, for the people that love him, it's effective. But again, what percentage of that is the American electorate? Well, not enough at this point. And I know you said before that nine in 10 Republicans support the president and are against this impeachment. But if you get 90 percent of the Republicans, nobody else, you get about 40 percent, 38 percent of the vote Mm -hmm. and you lose. So the whole point of his in the last three years, not trying to broaden the base, not trying to attract people that didn't vote for him. uh, He hasn't done it. So I think this whole election really comes down to who the Democrats nominate. If the Democrats nominate somebody that's acceptable, I think the Democrats win big. But this idea that we're going to take away your private health insurance and Elizabeth Warren floating this $20 trillion Medicare for all, I'm not sure if that's going to be acceptable to a lot of people. And we'll have to fall back to Trump. I think there are a lot of voters that don't like Trump that voted for him that are looking for an alternative. But the Democrats haven't quite presented an acceptable alternative yet. 
I want to move things down to uh, the Springfield level. And earlier in the program, I had uh, Deputy Republican House Leader Tom Demeron talking about kind of the atmosphere in Springfield. I know you spend time in Springfield. And it just seems to be a, a place under a pretty dark cloud these days with uh, uh, Representative Luis Arroyo resigning after uh, allegedly offering bribes to a state senator wearing a wire uh you know on top of on top of the uh marty sandoval issue uh earlier was the tom cullerton issue um you you, you're a former federal prosecutor is there any is there ever an end to this well that was done in springfield and pretty much everybody flips everybody's ties over to see if there's a bug on the other side in springfield in the last couple of weeks <laughs> and they start selling burner phones out front but i to answer the question i'm not sure where it's going but if you look at this and one piece of news that probably never really gets talked about the former director of the fbi uh, special agent in charge up until just recently jeff select was a corruption expert he uh, is known primarily for taking down the Bonanno family in New York. So this guy who put or began or put together a lot of these cases who just left is a public corruption expert. And public corruption deals with RICO, which is a racketeering influence corrupt organization law, which to me, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm saying the way that they are, this is rolling out, it looks like a big RICO case where there'd be a corrupt enterprise and a bunch of acts around it that, that support the enterprise. Now, we're not there yet, whatever, and I don't know, but, man, are they being aggressive. And everything I hear, it's going to continue. And uh, a lot of people in Springfield are very nervous. But the reality is, and I know I'm former chairman of the Republican Party, and I, I take that with a grain of salt, but I would be saying this if it were Republicans. What's going on for the people in the state, it's just not working. Something needs to change. We need ethics reform. And Going forward, the, the governor's big push is going to be for this graduated or progressive income tax, and you're going to ask the voters to say, hey, we're going to allow the people in Springfield to set your tax rates. I mean, that's just one issue that I think this is going to be, this corruption investigation is going to be problematic for Democrats in Springfield. Well, as I said to uh leader Demer, i said if i were a member of the general assembly right now i'm not sure that i would uh, even push a vote switch on anything yeah on any well yeah, and that's true and there were a lot of things we're trying to get done in the this veto session which is only a couple weeks long and i'm not seeing anything move forward particularly the energy bill that involved some of the people that have been named in the investigation the, the big utility companies so yeah it's just it 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 stops everything, and that's too bad because there's a lot of things we need to get done. But the reality is the system right now is not working, and there's a stalemate because of these corruption investigations. So something needs to be done to assure the public that this corruption is not going to continue. And I think we need some real broad ethics reform, uh, public corruption reform. Maybe what, we start with what, not what, letting people lobby. I was going to say, what would those be in, on your list? Probably the first one, I know that this will make me unpopular with a lot of people, but I don't understand how elected officials can actually lobby other agencies of government. I think most people, if they saw that, would wonder how how that can occur. Uh, And and maybe you give the the, the state prosecutors more tools to to handle these cases and not necessarily keep it always on the feds. And there are a lot of proposals out there, but but something needs to change. Maybe just better the... uh, 
more inclusive reporting requirements for the ethics statements that the um, the people in Springfield need to file. file. There's a lot of things that can be done, and Demer, I'm sure, talked about them, but something needs to be done to assure the public that, that Springfield is actually functioning in the best interest of the people. How about a full-time state legislature? Yeah, um, as, as long as it doesn't cost us anymore. Uh, but, yeah, that would be... Listen, not stating the obvious, the rub with some of the, the, the very powerful people in, in, in the uh, real estate tax world, some of the other things that we've seen historically the last 10 or 15 years, that probably needs to be changed. But I, that's going to be a heavy lift because a lot of the people that are in power don't want that changed. Exactly. That's the, that's the whole issue about the General Assembly controls its own rules. Pat Brady of Next Generation Strategies, thank you so much for joining me this Sunday morning. Thanks, Rick. We'll see you later.